Hello, and welcome to the Doctors Washington Podcast. On this episode of The Focus, we'll talk about asthma and allergies. May is National Asthma and Allergy Awareness Month, and if you've been outside, you know that it's peak asthma and allergy season. Asthma and allergies affect millions of Americans, over 65 million Americans to be exact, and many have one or both conditions. So when we talk about asthma, let's start with a definition. Pretty much asthma is a condition in which your airways narrow and swell and might produce extra mucus. This can make breathing difficult and trigger coughing and wheezing, which is this whistling sound when you breathe in and out. And it can also cause some shortness of breath. For some people, asthma is just a minor nuisance. For others, it can be a major issue that interferes with daily activity and can lead to life-threatening asthma exacerbations or asthma attacks. Dr. Jasmine, is there a cure for asthma? So that's a really great question, especially when it affects so many people. So asthma actually can't be cured, but its symptoms can be controlled. Because asthma often changes over time, it's very important that you work with your doctor to track your signs and symptoms and adjust your treatment as needed. Um, Something that's also important to know is really what are the symptoms of asthma or of an asthma attack. So some of them include some of the ones Dr. Latanya just mentioned, like shortness of breath, chest tightness or chest pain, wheezing when exhaling, which is a common sign of asthma in children which is the whistling noise that Dr. Latanya just mentioned. Trouble sleeping caused by shortness of breath, coughing or wheezing. As you can expect, that would be super uncomfortable. So you would know about that. One other thing to note is that these kind of coughing or wheezing attacks can be worsened by respiratory viruses like a common cold, the flu, or even COVID. Other signs that your asthma is probably worsening include more frequent or bothersome symptoms or signs, like I just mentioned, increased difficulty with breathing. Um, there are there are devices called a peak flow meter or peak flow meters that measure um, that basically measure how well your lungs are working. So it lets you know if you're at higher risk for having an asthma attack. So some folks that have asthma attacks frequently may have these devices available and your doctor can help you get one. The other thing that's a hallmark sign of your asthma worsening would be needing to use a quick relief inhaler um, more often than you normally do. That lets you know that your symptoms are coming on more frequently and you're needing something to rescue, or it, which is why we call it a rescue inhaler or rescue you from your symptoms more often. So, Dr. Latanya, are there different types of asthma? Yeah, there are actually a lot of um, different types of asthma. So you may have just kind of the -the run-of-the-mill asthma, uh, which is really what we've been talking about. And then you have other types of asthma. So there can be like an exercise-induced asthma. And that could be worsened when the air is cold or dry, or maybe only when you're exercising and being um, extremely active. 
Um, there are also occupational asthma. And basically, occupational asthma is asthma that's triggered by the workplace. So is there a chemical or irritant or gas or fume that's in the air that makes your lungs more reactive? And we would consider that an occupational uh, type of asthma. And then also there's an allergy-induced asthma, and that can be uh, produced by airborne things like pollen, mold. Um, it can be particles of skin, uh, like pet dander, things like that. And even um, cockroach waste is like one of the really um, big things that we learned about when we were in residency is causing um, worsening asthma symptoms. And really the basis for uh, treatment of all these different types of asthma um, would be, you know, number one, to try to eliminate what would cause the symptoms. Um, and then utilizing the rescue inhaler. You know, as far as pollen, of course, we can't get away from that. Uh, and sometimes mold we are able to get away from, but sometimes it's just really kind of in the community. And then we also, for asthma patients, we really recommend that they limit exposure to pets. Uh, and when we talk about like animal dander and things like that, things like carpet in the home, can really be a nidus for those um, those allergens that might make um, the asthma be worse. So we really kind of ask for parents and, and patients to be mindful of that. And sometimes that can be really challenging to do, especially if you live in a home with a lot of carpet, you know, vacuuming on a daily basis or sweeping or dusting on a daily basis. That can be really tough. But um, all things that are very important when we are talking about uh, mitigating the, the symptoms of asthma. Um, the next thing I think we should transition into talking about a bit is uh, the treatment. You know, we've mentioned kind of the inhalers. Um, one of the well-known strategies, there's a, a kind of um, a mnemonic called exhale, the exhale strategy. And basically what exhale means is, uh, number one, educating uh, individuals on the management of their asthma. Uh, number two, extinguishing smoking and exposure to secondhand smoke, which can be a trigger. Uh, number three, uh, home visits for uh, reduction of triggers and asthma self-management. Oftentimes they'll um, have home health nurses come out to the home to evaluate for triggers. Uh, next is uh, achievement of guidelines-based medical management. And we'll talk a little bit about the medications uh, here shortly. Um, also linkages and coordination of care across settings. If you can imagine individuals with asthma may have a number of different uh, medical conditions that are needing to be treated um, all together. And so understanding that, you know, some individuals that have asthma um, may also have seasonal allergies. Sometimes they may also have food allergies and all of those symptoms can kind of go together um, to, to exacerbate one another. Um, individuals might also have eczema as well. So that's another thing. And then lastly, just um, talking about the big picture of asthma management, and it's just like 
creating environmental policies to reduce triggers from indoor, outdoor, and occupational sources. So if we're thinking about um, indoor allergens, then we want our, you know, for schools, those school environments to have low um, indoor allergens and indoor pollutants. When we talk about outdoor allergens, we know that there have been studies that show that children who who live in areas, in industrialized areas where there are factories that produce um, certain chemicals and substances, those populations have significantly higher rates of asthma than other um, than other areas. Um, so really working to reduce that uh, to try to decrease the incidence of asthma and allergies in our communities. And then, of course, for the occupational exposures, you know, oftentimes we'll we'll talk to adults about possibly looking for another line of work, something that would keep them away from that, that would be causing them to have uh, those symptoms. Because if you can imagine long term, it could be really challenging. And so, Dr. Jasmine, let's talk a little bit about asthma medications. So as you can imagine, there are many different ways that you can treat asthma because there are many different things that can cause it. But this is a general framework of the way we look at treating asthma from a physician side. So the first thing would be quick relief medications or rescue medications. Um, These are like your typical, like your albuterol inhaler, the medications that work very quickly to relieve sudden symptoms. So you can take those when you need them or at the first sign of symptoms. But remember, when you start using those more frequently, that may mean that you need some of these other medications to help get your asthma symptoms under better control. Uh, The second category would be the controller medicines. And these are medicines that help to control your your asthma by correcting the underlying changes in the airways, like the swelling and extra mucus that Dr. Latanya mentioned. Um, they can be either one medicine or a combination of medicines. Really what you want to try to do is dampen any of those symptoms that could be causing uh, your asthma exacerbation so you won't have to use those quick relief or rescue medications more frequently. The third type is a combination of the quick relief or rescue medicines and the controller medicines. Um, Basically, these help with short-term as well, short-term relief as well as long-term control. Um, Then the fourth one is biologics. And these are a new type of of treatments where uh, it targets a cell or protein to prevent swelling inside the airways. And they can really be used for people with uh, certain types of persistent asthma symptoms, um, and they can be given as an infusion or injection. Again, these are broad categories of where different medicines fall into. And the goal is basically decreasing the symptoms, the frequency, as well as the severity of the asthma symptoms that you have. So that you're not needing to, or that you're not encountering severe symptoms as often. Other things important to mention here are delivery devices like your inhaler, nebulizers, or injectables. Um, Basically, these are different ways that you can get the medication into your body or into the the place where they act in your lungs. 
Um, importantly, um, we also do suggest that people use spacers. Um, I would include that in um, the delivery devices for, um, especially for your rescue inhaler or your, like your albuterol inhaler, because uh, that helps again to get the medication exactly where the problem is so that you can get quicker relief. Yeah, that's a really great um, addition. And Dr. Jasmine, I know the spacers really do kind of change the game as far as the delivery of the medication. I know in doing my pediatrics residency, there are so many people that would come in and they would have asthma symptoms. And when I would talk to them about the way that they were using the inhaler, they were using it all wrong. It was like they were just squirting albuterol into the atmosphere, basically, and not inhaling it in their lungs and and talking about why um, it didn't work. And so in that instance, we would have a lot of uh, patients and families that would say they prefer the nebulizer um, medication, but really it's the same medication. And a lot of times with the utilizing the inhaler by itself, it was the technique. And so adding that spacer in really helps with um, the delivery of the medication. And, you know, I will say that I am an asthmatic and I've had asthma since I was very young. Luckily, my um, illness is very controlled, very well controlled. But the times when I've had exacerbations, I utilize a spacer too, just to make sure that I was able to get that um, medication kind of inhaled and down into my lungs. Um, And so as we continue to talk about asthma, talking about how these um, asthma treatments work, it's uh, it's good to understand that basically, and Dr. Jasmine mentioned this before, that it relaxes the muscles um, in the airway. So it helps to uh, relax and, you know, release, relieving that squeeze um, in the airways. And, you know, we talked about the long and the short acting medications. And these these medications are called bronchodilators. And basically what that means is is that they dilate your bronchioles, which are the tubes that are in the lungs. And so uh, the name of the medication essentially tells you um, what it does. And these medications also have a class called beta agonists. And we can get way deep into all of these different classes of medications and what they're called. But I think that's beyond the scope of uh, this podcast episode for sure. But just to know that it helps to relax those muscles around uh, the air tubes to help you be able to get more air in. And then also just to assist with uh, reducing the amount of swelling and mucus um, inside the lungs and airways. And then one of the other things that we didn't really talk very much about is when you have an asthma attack or what we would call an acute exacerbation of the asthma You know, there are other uh, treatments as well that you might take at that time, like um, steroids, uh, things like prednisone and methylprednisolone. And the the goal for that medication is for its anti-inflammatory properties. So um, just having an asthma exacerbation does uh, cause a lot of inflammation in the airways. And so that's one Uh, treatment modality that we would utilize to decrease that. And then, um, so now I think we should kind of transition into talking about allergies. I mean, everybody has seasonal allergies. I think at least everyone that lives 
in the South, in my opinion. So Dr. Jasmine, can you take it away with that? So I think allergies are definitely super common. And I think this is a good place to discuss, um, you know, what, how you would really treat them. So basically it's, based on kind of the symptoms that you've been having, as well as sometimes uh, allergy testing can be used. Um, And really that gives us a sense of how to best tackle your specific symptoms because everybody experiences allergies in different ways. Some people get the runny nose or the itchy eyes um, when it's seasonal, you know, allergies and like pollen. But if you have food allergies, you can have very severe uh, allergic reactions that could end up uh, getting you in really deep trouble if you have exposure to them. So um, really the treatment for allergies is geared at all uh, looking at all a combination of all of these things. So it can include avoiding the allergens, like avoiding, like if you're allergic to strawberries, staying away from those. Um, but it would be very difficult if you're allergic to pollen to do that. So in those kinds of things, you look at medications or immunotherapy um, to help to help treat those symptoms. And immunotherapy, basically, uh, it's another form of medication that can be used to help treat your symptoms. Um, And it's meant for certain people um, that have certain kind of allergic reactions. Um, And we won't get into the weeds there, but just know that these are some options that kind of fall into the medication bucket um, and how to treat your allergies. So the first thing kind of getting into it would be avoiding allergens. So how do you how do you do that? Um, The best way it would be um, to basically the best way to do this is identifying what your what what's your trigger, what causes your symptoms? When is it happening? You know, is it are you allergic to like I mentioned before, strawberries or certain kind of fruit? And you know that when you're around that or when you consume something with it in there that you start getting itchy or you have a rash or something like that, then know that no take notice of those things so that you can try to remove those. But if it's something like pollen that you notice that that you notice that happens, you know, every spring or every fall or something like that, then, you know, try to limit your limit your time outdoors or take other medications that are um, geared at treating some of those symptoms. Um, you can also, um, uh, you can reduce your symptoms to airborne allergens by using uh, nasal saline rinses or like a neti pot to try to help rinse those allergens out of your, out of your nasal passages so that they aren't causing your symptoms. Um, again, there are some, there are multiple treatments for allergies, um, like I mentioned before, and sometimes testing is used to determine, uh, what the treatment would be if you have major symptoms to certain things and major symptoms are those like scary kind of symptoms like hives or, you know, well, you know, anaphylaxis or those kind of things that, uh, could, could get you in some very, very deep trouble if we don't answer it, or if we don't. Uh, figure out the cause soon. So um, especially if you have very, very severe symptoms, um, testing can be very important in helping to hone in on what things could be causing your symptoms to to, um, present themselves. 
big picture wise, though, allergies can come in all different flavors. All um, People can be allergic to many different things. But the key here is one, figuring out what you're what you're allergic to to uh, trying to avoid it as best you can. And three, if you can't avoid it, then talking with your doctor about how to best treat them so that you can lead your normal life and not be um, inhibited in any way by by, uh, your symptoms. So overall, asthma can be a serious disease and can have some long-term effects. Um, management of symptoms are key. And so we would say if you or someone you love has asthma, please discuss the management and treatment options uh, with your physician. Also, management of allergy symptoms is important as well. We know that there are a multitude of over-the-counter therapies that we didn't really talk about uh, during this episode just because there are so many Um, And then there are also prescription medications and allergy immunotherapy available as well. Again, if your seasonal allergies are not well controlled by over-the-counter medications, then we would suggest that you seek help from your healthcare professional to determine what treatment is best uh, for you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Doctors Washington podcast on asthma and allergies. If you'd like more information about asthma and allergies, check out the website for the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. Make sure to tune in weekly for our new episodes that are available on your preferred podcast streaming platform. Until next time. The music on the Doctors Washington podcast is by artist Mike Burton. He's a Jackson, Mississippi native on his album, Soulful, and the track is entitled, All Right. It is available on iTunes. I